Hello everyone! Welcome to the 7th episode of DevCast, a podcast on tech development that is proudly organized by Developer Student Clubs, Loyola. My name is Dan Mark from Ateneo de Manila University, and I'll be your host for today. Joining us is Mr. Maynard Capel, and we'll be in talking about his experiences as an IT professional with years of experience in the tech industry and currently also a part-time lecturer for university students. Hi, Mr. Maynard. Welcome to DevCast. We're glad to have you here. Can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Before anything else, no, I just want to thank my student from San Beda University who invited me here, John Russell Ibarra, and the rest of the group. This is a good activity that you can use as a platform to bridge the industry in academia. So my name is Maynard Kapil. I've been in the IT industries for almost 11 years, focusing on database administration. Basically, I'm a database administrator. I'm also a part-time lecturer in different college and university. I'm also a DIT student at De La Salle de Marinas. I'm taking up doctor in information technology. Most of our work there are pretty much advanced comes to the subjects. The interest now is, is more on data mining, data security at all. It's pretty much it. Thank you for your introduction. Juggling a lot of things, especially being a database analyst, a lecturer, and also a student, that would be a difficult venture, especially in the online setup. So to start off, we want to know more about you, Mr. Maynard, and we want to ask, how are you today? And how do you feel about the present situation given the worldwide pandemic? In terms of resiliency, I would say very good because work from home setup is part of our business continuity. I think the effect is inside of the team perspective because, you know, no more get together, no more team buildings. All our conversations are done via chats, emails, and conferencing. So the spirit of office culture, collaboration, personal empathy are totally deteriorated during this quarantine. But since business as usual, we have to move forward. So one of the coping mechanisms is to be more motivated. Communication is very important. Our leaders keep on reminding us about, mm-hmm. you know, the company missions and vision yeah. and focus on our personal and professional growth. That's just difficult then, especially for the workforce in the IT. It's easier, at least for the work being transferred into a more flexible online setup, but the team spirit is the difficult ones to really maintain in an online setup. Yeah, I agree on that because, you know, collaboration is one of Mm -hmm. our values in office. So it's totally different because, you know, before pandemic, if there's an issues, you need to work with your coworkers. You can just tap him. Now, you know, you can rely on the technology to give personal empathy Mm -hmm. or if you haven't, you need connections with the team, with your boss. Mm -hmm. So with this online setup now being pushed through, it's more than a year since the quarantine started and many trends have come and gone. Have you tried these trends or activities with your co-workers or what other trends and activities have you tried? Well, we're still doing the annual Christmas parties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the last year, I if remember, we do the annual the Halloween party and still in the form of competition. Mm-hmm. But the difference is we, we are just recorded, just shown it by uh, MS Teams. Yeah. 
So that's the setup now. Okay. With this, you have years of working as a database analyst. What were your motivations in pursuing your career in this field? Well, when I was in that age group, I am eager to learn things. Mm-hmm. But one of my motivation is not only to learn the technology, but also the domain understand the business model, Mm -hmm. become part of the diversified cultures wherein the respect, collaborations are there. I see. And with this, have you encountered company cultures or unique takes during your stay? Mm, Now, in my current full-time job, because, you know, modern candidates strong companies culture as one of the most important when considering careers opportunities. And they can spot bad company cultures from a mile away. I would say uh, a company culture is a set of attitudes, values, and beliefs that characterize mm-hmm. by the company organizations to follow to create a gratifying working environment. Oh. This is really important for us. Mm-hmm. Just want to share you about how we the cultures work here in my current company. You know, we utilize the situational leadership framework. So I think this is new to you, no? This framework gives us the streamline on how we deal on our day-to-day activity. Alongside with our leaders, they apply certain leadership style. Okay, let's say, for example, for my goal, I don't have knowledge on that. Okay, I will provide you the training, the materials, resources, and all. Mm-hmm. And the company will expect value for that one. Ooh. So that's the thing. We have a one-on-one setup with my leads here in the Philippines. We also have the performance review appraisals. Oh. It's pretty much good when it comes to the culture because we're exercising collaborations, open communications. I'm not saying that we are perfect, but I would say I'm satisfied. Tinitignan nila kami as one of their valuable assets. Yes. Yeah, that's why I'm still here. So, I've been in the company for seven years now. Yeah, that's interesting because there are students like us who are nervous about like applying to companies, even for internships. Mm-hmm. Especially, we have colleagues that have stacked resumes and it can be daunting at times just to approach a company and just to get those opportunities and experience that company culture. Yeah. But with that, Were there any differences in the company culture or perception in tech industry years ago, like eight or ten years ago, to what we see now? Mm, I think when it comes to the culture, the differences and the similarities, it's gradually changing Mm -hmm. because the company is focusing on the value. What are the value that you can offer to us yes. in order the organizations to succeed? Okay. Do you think the young IT professionals that enter the tech field nowadays are more challenged than what you were during your early years? More challenge? No. In this generation, now I would say it's an extreme interconnected generation. Mm-hmm. You have all the resources, you have all the the connections, use that, utilize that in order to build new things. Mm-hmm. Imagine, let's imagine, no, nung mga nakaraang taon. It's very difficult to build new things because our technology that time is hindi pa masyadong improved, hindi pa masyadong utilized, hindi pa siya masyadong na ine-embrace ng economy natin. 
Mm-hmm. Imagine now, no? Technology is one of the economic driver across the globe. So, I would say, mas madali. Yes. Mas madali ngayon matuto. Ang nakikita ko lang na issue ngayon is there's a lot of technologies that nakakagulo dun sa isang particular student. Hindi niya alam kung saan siya mag-uumbisa. Hindi oh. niya alam kung paano siya gagamitin. Hindi niya alam kung paano niya i-integrate yung isang particular na bagay. So, how do we resolve that? What is the motivation factors that we can offer to our student? Nice. For me, as part-time lecturer, mm-hmm. advise them to solidify their fundamentals, mm-hmm. their concepts, mm-hmm. practice, read. Yun na lagi ko sinasabi sa mga student, no? IT students are not exempted sa pagbabasa. Mm-hmm. They should read more. Yes. Kung yung lawyer, kung yung nurse, they need to read more on the deep level, si IT dapat ganun. Ganun dapat yung mindset niya because they are the backbone yes. ng isang business model. If you are IT student, you may assign in a medical industry which is critical now. Mm-hmm. IT professional can assign in a different variety of industry. Yes. So that's why we have to understand the business model. We have to understand the technical side. We have to understand everything. You mentioned that you're also a part-time lecturer and you gave advice to students similar to this. What made you choose to be a lecturer for university students? Yeah, it's just a matter of calling, no? Because I believe academic is one of my advocacy mm-hmm. to share my knowledge, my experience, and expertise in order to produce globally competitive graduates to help the academic institutions to bridge the gap between the industry and the academics. Many calling for education usually falls for that. Like they want to be able to impart the knowledge that they've learned to the students. And I find it admirable that even in the tech industry, that's also a prominent thing na hindi lang company standpoint, like you will have your new employees that are aspiring IT professionals. But from the start, like in the education background lang talaga, you start there. With this, how did being a lecturer change your viewpoint on technology and accessibility? Uh, it changed a lot because in my industry experience for almost 10 years, I just applied those technology, those tools, no? Mm-hmm. Dumating sa point na, para saan ba to? <laughs> na, yeah. in, when I entered the academic settings, that gave me a theoretical background of things. Ooh. Ay, parang baliktad, no? Mm-hmm. Umaga, in-apply ko muna siya bago ko siya naintindihan. Yeah. There are some point in my career that, ay, ganito pala siya ginagamit. Ah, ganito pala siya nag-work. Ooh. When I started working as part-time lecturer, mm-hmm. when I'm doing my lesson plan, doon pala ako nagkaroon ng deep understanding doon sa mga ibang bagay na ina-apply ko na pala dati. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Parang the academia, doon nyo nalaman where it started or at least the theoretical part of what things you've applied in the company setup? Yeah, yes, that's the idea. And also, it's a domino effect kasi. I'm learning new things, the theoretical thing, while my student is also learning on how to apply it. Yes. So it's dominant effect on my side. It's a win-win yes, between me and the student. I would say I'm also learning from them. With that, were there any similarities, differences, or culture shock when you became a lecturer coming from a corporate background? Yeah, you know, based on my experience, industry are much less. They are incomparable. 
academic gives me an opportunity to learn the theoretical things. Mm-hmm. Somehow develop my communication, time management, and leadership skills. Industry gives me an experience to apply those knowledge and share it in order to help the academic community to produce competitive graduates. And I'm working in progress on that. I see. So thanks for those great insights on your experience in your IT field and in teaching. And knowing now we have many paths that we can do in our line of work, being an IT professional is reassuring for most of us. Now we will delve about your experiences and take on accessibility and technologies and in education. More than ever, startups are becoming common and with the pandemic, accessibility in education is needed greatly. So we'll start first with startups. Startups for me is a good way to dive in the tech industry with your product or service in mind. In your opinion, what is the motivating reason for startups? Yeah, that's a good question because it is a combination of technology and entrepreneurship mindset. I'm very proud to them no? because they are become part of economic drivers. Mm-hmm. They're generating new business model as new avenue of opportunities. Mm-hmm. In the technology standpoint, it combines the technology entrepreneurship mindset, which is good, a good learning experience. Yeah. And I believe the motivation factors aside from their desire to be their own boss, make their own schedule, decide to make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I think they also want to embrace new challenges. And that's it. Yeah, these startup companies usually is a difficult venture, at least for starting IT professionals. But when you have these goals in mind and services that you want to achieve for certain communities, it becomes that force that will drive and hopefully it would be helpful towards that community or to serve certain demographics, which also increases accessibility. Do you have any startups that you're amazed of? Mm, I would say mm-hmm. when we talk about startups, no? yes. e-commerce is being skyrocketed yeah. and it's dominating new normal retail. So they, you know, they mm-hmm. offered better testability and lower overhead costs for sellers yes. while providing more convenience for, for buyers. It's a win-win solutions, no? not just a technology that we can use every day to, yeah. you know, to place our orders, etc., etc. When the pandemic started, the electronic commerce is mm-hmm. being spread out. Yeah. e-commerce, but there's a lot mm-hmm. and they are expanding now. It's not a surprise since it's a win-win situation for us, for both sellers and buyers. Yes. Sellers can operate with a lower cost basis while you know leveraging data allowing easy testing of new product. Mm-hmm. While buyers, on the other hand, they also experience lower prices due to cutting out of middleman while shopping convenient yeah. from home. With these startups, do you think it's unique to certain countries? So parang countries have their certain takes on startups or is it like a global trend na they follow similar, if not the same mindsets or steps? I think it's a global trend. E-commerce is one of the top technologies that has been stand out mm-hmm. based on the Central European this year, 2021. And I would say it's a global trend. Ooh. Even though on a startups usually with e-commerce specifically, they seem to be very niche on their coverage. Do you think that this is a sustainable approach for them? Mm, I think you have to balance it as well as, you know, know the technology constantly. You know how the technology is changing, 
when you are in the technology's point of view, you have to know how the competitions uh, work mm-hmm. because competitions really matters. Yes. So if you want to sustain the company in the trend, you have to set a goal. Mm-hmm. You have to think out of the box all the time. Yeah. You have to know how to orchestrate those competition, technology, innovation, goals. Yeah. Okay. Now that you've mentioned that e-commerce is thriving in this remote setup, the pandemic really increased the digital footprint requiring access to many applications that would allow us to continue our work and consumption methods in this pandemic. Besides from the e-commerce, do you think the pandemic increased or decreased the number of startups worldwide? Mm, I think for the technology standpoint in general, I think we're increasing. Because in the startup, we are not just building a new business model. Yeah. We also dealing with the pandemic. Yes. We consume a lot of data. How do we use that data to create new business model, to, uh, to analyze things, mm-hmm. to create patterns through, through machine learning, mm-hmm. you know, to help our government, our constituents to have efficient and sustainable technologies that you can use to combat this, this pandemic. Oh, yeah, that's a good mm-hmm. solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can use those data, yeah. you know, to build new things. Mm-hmm. With that, what do you think that are the products, services, or technologies that they will offer even after this pandemic? For the tech startups, they usually have these services that they will offer. Do you think most of the tech startups are service oriented rather than product oriented? Mm, I think in the entrepreneurship instance point, I think product oriented. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because technology is useless if you have no results. Yeah. And what's the results? Which is the product. Ooh. So, yun yung kailangan nilang i-offer at least even after yes. the pandemic. You think these startups, the tech startups in particular, would thrive beyond the pandemic given how they currently operate? Or do they need to change their goals or approaches when the pandemic ends? Yeah. As long as their their solutions or their product are still in the trend, as long as they are part of the current issues that we have, I think they can strive more on their product mas magiging kapaki-pakinabang mm-hmm. yung product nila kung ina-align nila doon sa kung ano yung issue ngayon. Yes. Okay? Let's say, for example, today I'll give you an example. Okay. What is the main issues of our, say, sa pandemic in combating the, the pandemic here in the Philippines? I think in the area of contact tracing. Mm-hmm. Yes. So using that data, since we have the DOH data, you can use the WHO data. I'm not saying that their data is clean, no? But we can use that, no? As a starting point. As a starting point to build an app. Let's say, for example, a mobile app that based on that data, we can see kung ano yung may pinakamaraming cases on the barangay level based on the mm-hmm. population density. Yes. Okay? On that point, mm-hmm. okay, we boost the awareness of the people. Yes. Na hindi sila pupunta dun sa lugar na yun and they can alarm. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, something like that. Yes. I think this idea of making data more um, useful, kasi there's an abundance of data, especially with the number of APIs and technologies that we can have for collecting these data. Most of the ideas that come into mind is how do you make this data useful? 
for us, have you yeah. encountered those approaches or projects before? Mm, not yet, but during my DIT, no, our professors gave us an activity to present Ooh. a sample dashboard visualizations of a report. And I choose the COVID data, mm-hmm. COVID-19 data from the DOH. Mm-hmm. What I did is I just aggregate the data based on the results. I want to know ilan ba talaga yung mga cases per region and I found out na mataas ang NCR. Yes. Number three ang region 4A. Yes. Okay? Pangalawa o pangatlo ang I think Dabao. So with that, I just showing to you the visualization in the reality in standpoint. How do we what can I do? Mm-hmm. Is that all? Okay, pinresent mo. Okay? So In that report, I also re-emphasize no? yung importance ng visualization. Yeah. Because yung data na yon, yung visualization na yon, dun sila nag-extract ng policy. Mm-hmm. Kaya tayo meron tayong MACQ, mm-hmm. kaya meron tayong ECQ, mm-hmm. kaya nagkakaroon tayo ng mga lockdown restrictions and all. Yes. And that's the output of that. Mm-hmm. No? And I urge everybody not only the student but lahat no na maging conscious ano ba yung nangyayari yeah no and we can not too much rely on social media sentiments or political mm-hmm. you, you know be conscious be yes. curious ano bang nangyayari and we can do that through our data data can back up us yes okay to end the part of accessibility and technologies would you like to share any tips or advice for aspiring startup leaders and entrepreneurs listening to this podcast well for the aspiring and a young tech entrepreneurship and i hope i mentioned the correct terms no mm-hmm. make yourself available to the team no attend more conferences to strengthen network and learn new business model Yeah. Because if you are in the technology, you are going nowhere kapag hindi ka nag-improve, kapag wala kang innovations. Let's imagine Microsoft. Yes. If they did not innovate since 1975, wala ako ngayon. Walang SQL Server. Therefore, wala akong career. We have to build a great team. Mm-hmm. No one can succeed in business alone. Mm-hmm. And build your own great team to bolster your success. And once the organization start growing, and you want to emphasize this one, no? you can start hiring someone who has character and values. To the aspiring IT professional, this is for you. I'm not referring to technical skills at all, but you can always train someone on skills. But you can make someone values fit your company. Yes. And lastly, do not upgrade to us. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of start companies going on. You can you can create a network with them, talk to them. Okay, may hiya. Mm-hmm. Apply, apply lang kung kaya. <laughs> Now we proceed with the accessibility in academic setting. Your background in academe also shows that the accessibility in education has been not so good in the Philippines, and there are low promotion rates, especially from going high school to college and beyond. Though we do have technologies that can assist us in teaching. Now that we're in the pandemic, clear na yung accessibility issues and many poor demographics cannot afford these technologies to continue the remote learning setup. Going back, what are the technologies before the pandemic, so when you started teaching, that helped in this setup, especially in your um, teaching as a university lecturer? Yeah, I would say that we are new on this one, no? Mm-hmm. But as far as the technology is concerned, no? Prior pandemic, flexible learning setup is already exists. Yeah. 
And there's a lot of tools that we're currently using like MS Teams, Zoom, mm-hmm. or Synchronous Setup, the popular learning management system like Neo Canvas mm-hmm. uh, are already exist. No? Yeah. In public school, currently we're using uh, Google Suite composed of the Google uh, Google Classroom and Google Meet for the Synchronous. I see. Were there changes in the approach to teaching despite the technological advances or tools available to the teachers? So looking to your um, faculty members as well, did they change their approach to teaching when they got introduced to these technologies? Yeah. Uh, I just want to share this one. You know, so one of my teacher in high school, nakakalungkot kasi na they are good, they are very good when it comes to teaching. Delivery, as motivation, they are sharing motivation, passion to the student are very, you know, parang yung parang yes. mararamdaman mo talaga yung presence nila. And when I reach them, nag-iisip na silang mag-retire. Why? Isa lang yung reason. Kinakain na daw sila ng technology. Oh. Which is not good sign, no? Doon sa mga teacher na may malaking impact doon sa school, no? Mm-hmm. And kaya ang sinabi ko sa kanila when they got the device, inoper ko na lang yung time ko so that I can teach them how to operate MS Office and even PowerPoint, no? Mm-hmm. Hindi sila comfortable. Not necessarily kasi na ayaw nilang i-adapt, eh. yeah. Based doon sa observation ko is yung approach. Parang nawawala yung approach oh. ng empathy dun sa teaching kaya ayaw nilang i-adapt. I see. Okay? So, that's the reason. So, it's changed a lot of in terms of assessment, mm-hmm. no? In terms of delivery. But in the positive side, the advent of technology education field has made the process of learning and knowledge sharing more interactively and perhaps help our students to make their life easier. Mas less static na yung information that are given. And I think the internet gave more access to information and counter-checking. Yeah. Because I remember then ng elementary, like only access that you can have when preparing a presentation is the book. Mm-hmm. Yung textbooks lang. Yun lang yung source natin. Yeah. And I think ngayon, you can search the internet to have more information for your presentations or for learning. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, based on my observation then, since internet is rich in informations at all, ang isang nagkikita kong ang disadvantage sa student natin, they are relying on that. They make even copy-paste without understanding things, no? which is very uh, alarming sa side ng student. No? Kaya sinasabi ko sa kanila, when they do cheating, they compromising themselves no mm-hmm. not us they can pass on this subject but when the reality comes on their way good luck <laughs> diba so that's the problem changes in the advent of technologies that we have yeah. actually mas madaling matuto ngayon eh yeah problema sobrang daling matuto ayo na nating matuto Ah, and I advise no, each student na maging aware. Do away on that kind of attitude. Mm-hmm. So let's change that. Kasi how we build a startup kung ganun yung mindset natin. Yeah. How do we become part of the solutions kung wala tayong naintindihan dun sa mga pinaggagawa natin. Kasi yun yung pinaka-backbone eh, ng mm-hmm. ginagawa natin, yung understanding. Yes. Yung applications. And we have to understand kung anong ginagawa natin. 
Kaya I advise the student, I have three process no Ooh. sa IT student para maging effective sila mm-hmm. sa field nila as student. Number one, solidify your fundamentals and concept. Mm-hmm. Your theoretical things, do not throw away that. Importante yun. Mm-hmm. Once you have that fundamentals, practice. Create a simple project. Mm-hmm. Little by little. And appreciate. No? Appreciate nyo yung mga konting bagay na ginagawa nyo sa school. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that precious machine learning activities, a simple exam. Yeah. Do your best kasi doon ang pinaka-start. Mm-hmm. That second phase, no? Do you practice, you build uh, small things. Mm-hmm. Repeat that process and after you have that confidence, the technical skills, yes. that's the only time you can build, no? Mm-hmm. Build new things. That's the reason why na meron tayong mga project. Use that as your future portfolio. Mm-hmm. Kasi in a startup or in a technical company, let's say, for example, mga fresh grad, yun yung mga tinatanong. What is your contributions on this project? Ano yung mga ginawa nyo? How do you deal on the side of the technology? Ano yung ginamit nyo? How do you solve this? Okay. Even kahit simpleng mga business model, okay lang yun. Basta mayroon. Yeah. Okay. So, once you have the confidence, engage. Mm-hmm. Like this one. Yeah. Engage, create more connections, attend seminars, attend trainings, think out of the box, mm-hmm. and that's it. Ang funny thing for appreciation, especially for the tech, yung sa mga small projects or learning new technologies or frameworks is the printing of Hello World. <laughs> Even though it's simple and it's approached, the fact that everything would run and just seeing the Hello World pop up, mm-hmm. I guess that's one of those small victories of starting to learn new frameworks and technologies. Yeah. Sa machine learning, I'm curious, ano yung parang hello world sa machine learning? Machine learning, hello world, at least basic statistics, no? And yeah. your Python, do you have Python? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you have Python, you can explore more on that, no? Because there's a lot of areas that you can explore with. In Python kasi, you can build website. You can build machine learning, you can do data science, and all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but, but for the data science, it's, it's a combination of statistics, science, data, computer science, and all. Very difficult, but if you have the passion to, to know things, yeah, I think you can make it. With this pandemic, mas kailangan na yung accessibility to technology for education. What were your unique approaches to your university students on this kind of setup? What are your unique approaches to teaching in the, this remote setup? Yeah, I think uh, aside from the accessibility to technology, mm-hmm. the availability of our teachers is more important with the sense of responsibility, compassion, that we can help our students to embrace these challenges. Mm-hmm. Both their academics and somehow divert their anxieties, depressions, and loneliness. Because now, we are not just teaching, eh, no? Mm-hmm. Kailangan, you, can, you are available whenever your, your, your student chat you, email you about this one, may mga question about kung paano siya gawin, mm-hmm. inquiries about these instructions and all yun. So you have to be available. Mm-hmm. You have to somehow have speed internet access. You can uh, masagot mo lahat ng mga inquiries nila. Kasi 
isa yun sa nagiging cause ng depressions. Mm-hmm. No, kapag halimbawa, hindi mo sila natagot, tapos may mga deadlines at all, yun. Na somehow, with that kind of approach na lagi mo silang nasusubaybayan, you are at at attached to them, this using the Facebook, Messenger, and the technology, mm-hmm. at least nalilesen yun. Para na feel nila na hindi sila nag-iisa, na may tumutulong sa kanila. So, hindi lang lecture, but also literal guides na then through and through. Like, hindi lang magbibigay instructions, then mag-a-await ng output, but also to guide them throughout the learning process more than ever. Yes. If you're comfortable to share, what are the challenges experienced by your co-faculty? in teaching in a remote setup. Yeah. Uh, so we need to understand no this this is due to the unprecedented COVID-19 incident. Mm-hmm. Educational institutions in general have faced different challenges in their teaching learning activities. Mm-hmm. So having said that one of the, the challenges in the academic is dishonesty. Honesty yes in my personal note no. Yun yung isa isa challenge no. How do I know na hindi nagchichong student? How do I know na natututo talaga sila? So that's one business model that you might create, no? Baka meron kayong AI or something, uh, solutions that you can attach to dun sa machines so that you can know yung activity ng student at all. So that's opportunity. Mm-hmm. And one of the challenge also is the infrastructure. As I've said kanina, most of the institutions are not ready to face this kind of setup. Yeah. So the infrastructure in terms of the LMS, mm-hmm. we do not know what LMS that we're going to use, data breaches. Yes. So, last year, no? As we all know, there's a lot of data breaches na nangyari sa mga institutions. Mm-hmm. So, that's uh, very alarming. And coverage of learning outcomes and the last day is the commitment of our students to submit activities and assessments. It's very difficult. Kasi even us, eventually happens is, depending on the setups, you have these modules So, every module has a specific topic and certain number of outputs that it needs to be delivered. Depending on our pacing, usually, parang, they'll just leave it at towards the end of that module. So, parang, they'll just cram everything instead of just having it actually paced out throughout the module week that it's prescribed. That's a very difficult thing then. Honesty then, yun yung isa sa mga problem. How do you know if they're like, really submitting their own work and not just copied if it's a problem already and on-site. What more pa if hindi mo nakikita yung student? Yeah. Kahit marami, no? Ay sinatsaga ako na i-check kasi <laughs> that's very critical to me, no? Mm-hmm. Na walang nag-cheat, hindi, sila, hindi nila binigay yung, yung, yung sagot sa iba, walang comparison. Ay, Sinecheck ko talaga, lalo na yung mga major performance-based exam. Sinecheck ko talaga maigi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very difficult kasi it's, you know, eating a lot of time, eh, tsaka effort. Eh. But I think that's the only thing that you can do just to check kung talagang natututo sila o hindi. That's the very least na pwede kong gawin. With that, since medyo confusing din yung mga LMS and other technologies, but These technologies seem promising in making education more human-centered or tailored to students' capabilities, especially with digital teachers or collaborative forums and essentially accessing the internet. What advances in technology or current technologies that you're looking forward to the most that can contribute? 
to the current education setup? Yeah, I think this is the challenge of the the owner of the LMS or perhaps if we can create a new one, no? I would say na siguro mag-focus sila on how the the teachers can easily grasp, no? Or mm-hmm. use yung yung technology na yon, no? Yes. For them to create a simple, precise lectures for the student and for the student, no? Medyo babaan nila yung requirements in terms of the internet connectivity so that our student yes. can can access uh, since we are talking about accessibility no at least babaan yung ban uh, on the side of the faculty at least babaan yung bandwidth ng mga requirements for submission so that the student can submit their their requirements na hindi nagre-require ng malaking you know bandwidth data mm-hmm. no kasi yun yung yes. isang issue ng mga estudyante natin ngayon with that as well mm-hmm. um what are the ano interesting thing the technologies that you've applied then in your teaching that hindi niyo ginamit before you started teaching ngayon na ginagamit na in this pandemic setup well i'm i'm using my own Uh, technology when i when i conducting my my quiz yung slido if you are familiar mm-hmm. with slido it's a very cool uh web interactive type of uh, uh lms that you can see no yung estudyante talaga kung sasagot o hindi uh yung per first per question may meron siyang timer mm-hmm. okay Oh, kung meron kang cellphone if you, if you if you are plan to cheat and research magre-research ka pa ba eh may 10 seconds ka na lang bago para sagutin <laughs> yung, yung ano yung yung isang question so that's part of my ano yeah part oh. of my teaching strategies on how I deal during the synchronous meeting uh, with the with the student and also I also challenge them to focus on the lessons or else ano yung sasagutin na sa quiz? Okay. Yeah, that's the drill. <laughs> that's my drill to them. Yeah. I see. So, with that, what do you think the future of education and its accessibility will be like? If it's okay to share, we'll just share on my end. It seems like it would be more of um, you have a repository of information then you can just access a certain skill in a way na, okay, you will learn this on a set amount of time, pero it's, you're not restricted on what things you can learn, as long as it's freely available, and you have lecturers, probably asynchronous, like they have just videos, mm-hmm. or um, parang instructions to do these things. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how you learn certain, even if not the technologies, even just learning sciences, mathematics, the languages, etc. But for you, Sir Maynard, what do you think the future of education in terms of accessibility would be like? Yeah, it's rich. And even now, no, we are just relying on the technology itself. Mm-hmm. We are in the midst of the point na, eto na. Kumbaga, isusubo mo na lang. Mumuyain mo na lang. No? Mm-hmm. We are rich on the on the, and the, in the informations on all in terms of the accessibility magagamit natin siya for knowledge base, for application base, and at all. So, yun yung pinaka, the, the beauty of 
uh, of our of our situations now no in the positive side all informations are available all we have to do is to think kung anong kung anong purpose natin mm-hmm. for that matter are we going to use that as knowledge base applications base are we try to build something unique yun Would you like to share any tips or advice to faculty members who continue their teaching duties in this online setup and to students who face new challenges in this remote learning? Yeah. So, to my co-faculties no, in the academic setting, I know it's very difficult because we are not exempted to the emotional problems and other issues at all. But this pandemic should not let us down. The institutions and students really needs us. The future of our students are still rely on us. Let's embrace the challenges along the way and be resilient. And to the student, to all students, no, we know uh, most of you having a problem in terms of connectivity, other resources, family at all. But do not, please, no, please do not use this as a reason or a shield to deteriorate your future. Take advantage of this unprecedented time to learn relearn and learn new things. This is an extreme interconnected newly generations. So there's a lot of resources that you can use to harness your skills. Let's focus and prepare ourselves for the future. Do away in the distractions and negativity in this world and keep motivated. Thank you for that, Mr. Maynard. And to conclude our episode, Mr. Maynard detailed a lot of his experiences in the corporate and in education. And I bet we have a lot of aspiring developers, tech engineers, web designers, passionate students among our listeners. Before we go, do you have any final messages for our listeners? Yes. Keep moving, no? keep motivated, and keep safe. That's a wrap for this episode of DevCast. Thank you, Mr. Maynard. And to you, our listeners, for joining us here today. Now, we'd love for you to stay tuned for our future episodes. So don't forget to visit us at devcast.dscadmo.org. We're also available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and soon on YouTube. Thank you for joining us today and see you all in the next episode of DevCast.